That's all I got. I don't know. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetle. Stop yourself. I stopped. Whew, that was close. Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. <laughs> what if there's just like dead air for that two was... hours after this? <laughs> they were immediately murdered. <laughs> Caught because, on audio. Because some ghost would just be so sore about her name being mentioned that she would kill any teenager that would say her name? I, I guess. She, Ghosts she's, are so stupid. She's, Not in, to, she's in it for blood, man. Not to start this out on a, on a bad note, but ghosts as an idea are dumb. <laughs> Hey, we're talking about Beetlejuice. You know what he is? A ghost. We're not just not talking about any ghost. Is he? Ju- he's just a normal ghost. No. no. DJ, let me stop you right there. What? He's the ghost. You know how ghosts have like the average amount of, <laughs> of a thing? Yeah. <laughs> or some ghosts you might stumble in. They might have in the lower rungs. Maybe one yeah. has the least yeah. of the lesser thing. ghost. Right. Ghost well, the here's lesser. the thing with Beetlejuice. You're not going to get the least of the thing. No. You're not going to get the second least of the thing okay. or the average thing. Six ninety five. Are we doing an infomercial? <laughs> you're going to get Comes with, Beetlejuice. You're, you're going to get one juicer. You're, you're going to get, get two peelers. You're going to get the mandolin slicer <laughs> for making the banana chips and apple snacks. You're also going to get the ghost with the most. Apple snacks. I like that one. <laughs> Apple really snacks. selling the kids on that one. Thanks, Mom. He's the ghost with the most trademark. Little <laughs> trademark symbol. TM. This is Your Inner Child is an Idiot, the podcast where we revisit things from your childhood. Revisit. And crush, revisit. Crush any lingering hopes that you had. That they, they were, were any good. good. Nice. Well played, everyone. I have some questions for you, though. Please. How do you feel being back in the country knowing that Donald Trump is our president now. It seems like everything's been going fine while I was Martial there. law was suspended, or martial law was imposed. Enacted, yeah. And uh, the election's canceled. Just like you know, I gotta be Obama honest. predicted, Donald gotta, Trump swept. I gotta be totally honest, and this, mm-hmm. is, this is rare for us. I'm just gonna come out and say it. Please. Donald Trump, you know, I'm not the biggest fan, but it doesn't bother me so much is that his hairpiece is one heartbeat, you know, way away from the presidency. <laughs> it is weird that he chose his hairpiece as the running, his running mate. mate. Yeah. And that's Donald just Trump. My comb over line Vice President. Trump hair. <laughs> that seems not weird. a hairpiece. I will say not a hairpiece. That is real. But it is super comfortable. Here's the thing, over. though. It's kind of like a Dick Cheney thing because I already think that the hairpiece is control. It's like the power behind yeah. the throne here. Like it's it's like one of those uh, parasites that like take over snails and just walk them up to the edge of a branch yeah. and a bird eats them. That's exactly what Trump's hairpiece is. It's the symbiote that controls mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think that. I mean, no one could actually say those things. So it yeah. must be some sort of alien hair beast. <laughs> really though. <laughs> Stop talking or continue because it seems to be working. This country is falling into the shitter. It is. Uh, Actually, I don't think it's about work. It's fine. Everything's fine. It's going to be fine. I think, you know, he's hilarious. So. Yeah. Except when those guys beat up that uh, homeless guy and peed on him and then said Trump was their inspiration. Whoa, I missed that. Welcome back to America. Yeah. 
It's not all late night jokes here, my friend. We're living the nightmare. Well, sort of. let me tell not you this. Really. In France, yeah. as much as I love it. Here we go. Well, Always bringing up France. France now. They kiss every France, everyone every podcast kisses you on the cheek. Back? So that, like, is that really where you want to be? Wow. Yeah. Bacteria. The bacteria is spreading like wildfire. Fire. Well, I mean, they kind of kiss the air beside your cheek. I don't want to so. call you out, but every podcast we've done since you got back, you mentioned France. And France. it's kind of getting Monica. annoying. Uh, Did you meet Princess Grace while you were there? <laughs> no, she has passed off this morning. Oh, okay. Coil. Yeah, she has shuffled off to Buffalo, as they say, in France. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she has uh, shuffled off to Buffalo. Uh, how you say? Buffalo is spelled with an L-E-A-U-X. Though. You have a certain, I don't know what. <laughs> um, no, it's good to be back. I like this country. Um, I will tell you, I like eating in the restaurants here because they... Don't just sort of like let you like sit at the table and do whatever you want for two hours before they come talk to you. Like here they're like, hello, welcome to this place of business as opposed to I don't give a fuck that you're here. How do you get the waiter to come to you or waitress? You have to make actual interaction you have to do you have to actually do the thing that i see in movies the two finger wag you have to just be really aggressive and just be like you don't say garçon because that's that means boy that's really yeah that's rude rude. but you you have to say monsieur or whatever just wave them down and uh, you do have to be pretty aggressive to like you know in a friendly way but you have to kind of like aggressively friendly yeah hello uh, oh Jesus. Aggressive. Clipped. We just clipped, everyone. God damn it. Um, I don't know what that no, means. But it's, uh, as someone who likes to have the minimal interaction with strangers, it's a little weird. Because you have to, like, you can't really do that if you ever want, you know, a drink or anything. Food. I just came in for the AC. You don't have that either. Okay, uh, yeah. Well, you know what? I'll just take a very small cup of lukewarm water. <laughs> oh, you, you swelled the bottle. Okay, cool. <laughs> Do you have any sweet tea? <laughs> they, sweet, I should have asked for that. They do also Coca Colas or you know diet Coca Colas, which is my poison of choice. Uh, it's like five euros a glass. It's really expensive. euros. You pay in euros there. Euros. You have to see. It cook seems up. like if you were, you want lunch, just eat the euros. Oh, that's a good point. I never even thought about that. They were already in my pocket, jangling around in there. <laughs> with all the tzatziki sauce, the lamb, and, the and stuff. onions. Yeah. That lamb bologna that they serve. So today we're talking Hi, about Beetlejuice, yeah. <laughs> the ghost with the most trademark. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, do you? I feel like both of us have a pretty good grip on this movie. Yeah. Uh, like we've seen it somewhat recently. I saw it uh, maybe a couple of years ago, like a lot more recent than uh, some of the other stuff that we've been. I saw it about. somewhat recently when I bought, as you saw, the deluxe DVD. He's of got the it. deluxe edition. That we're yeah. Because Tyler had never seen it, and he was curious about it, yeah. and it was uh, a fun experience. I will say the thing I noticed, and that I'm prepared to to experience again, is that I appreciate Michael Keaton's performance and the character of Beetlejuice, the titular Beetlejuice, mm-hmm. a lot the titular more, ghost with most, a lot more as an adult than I did as a kid. Like as a kid, I was kind of like he's a bad guy, and I was like you know mildly amused by him. But I think, and although I will say. Uh, a little bit more sexually aggressive than I also Yeah, a bit rapey, bit handsy Beetlejuice. Yeah. Back off. Yeah. So I think we'll see you as that fleshes out. Um, I think as a kid, though, I uh, the problem with um, 
kids or movies that get turned into kids cartoon shows we'll yeah. probably talk about the beetlejuice cartoon show a little animated bit later series. animated series sorry um is that they usually take a villainous character and try and make him into a good guy somehow and that's what happened with beetlejuice and i right. think in my memories as a kid like i conflated beetlejuice with a good guy even though he is the villain of the story <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, and it's named Same after thing with him. Slimer in Ghostbusters. When you go and buy, after you've been just feeding on animated Ghostbusters over and over and over, and then you see them trying to shoot down Slimer in the first <laughs> Ghostbusters, you're like, no! what? <laughs> He's your friend, you call him Spud! Um, well, they do call him Spud. They I do. about that. Which is based off of something that... I almost said Phil Hartman, but I meant Bill Murray says in Ghostbusters. He calls him Spud, but in a derogatory way. Just yeah. like a, a Marieism that he comes up with? Totally. Um, anyway, Beetlejuice, I do remember liking it a lot. And I do remember, it's. I think it's the first time as a kid, even though I wouldn't put it in these terms, that I really did take note of the art direction. And, oh, yeah. And being well, aware. This is a very Burton-esque. Very, like, almost. of Burnus. Almost like the platonic ideal of Burtonism. Yeah. Um, aside from maybe Edward Scissorhands. Right. But, uh and and being also aware that the guy who directed this directed Batman, which we've also this is is this our second director back? I th- think so. Wait, yeah. What was the other one? We watched the the Batman. Well, yeah, but you're saying this is our first time watching two. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> second. Those are I the thought things. there was you were saying. There I know was I didn't form return. a sentence that was a coherent thought, <laughs> but that's what I meant. Okay, I did it. Um, he may be our. I believe he's our first returning direct i like i say it like he's fucking here like he's just sitting here and ladies and gentlemen and our guest tim Merton, sitting hey, in your closet maybe stop making movies with johnny depp just take a break for just, a minute you guys need some time apart for actually johnny time. depp i think you and i need some time apart as well how about you just stop making movies in general just <laughs> like take two years okay first we'll do benny and june two and then take a break <laughs> okay then and then you're gonna do the alice in wonderland two two uh, so that's good two also two also um but yeah i remember liking this a lot and i also remember being really into the idea of death being really boring as a kid, I remember really liking oh, the idea that like, death was very bureaucratic and officey, and like, you know, you just wait in a waiting room a lot, or you're stuck in your house. <laughs> I like that this movie made an effort to sort of explain the 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 urban legends about ghosts. The idea, yeah. like, oh, they can't leave their house, and it's like, why wouldn't they be able to leave right. their house? And then there's this idea that there's this bureaucratic, like, uh, you know, office behind this whole thing that we all have says, our hauntings. And right, have to this do is this where you and, haunt. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of like our, their job. For the afterlife, right. it's like, no, oh, this is what you get. Yeah, I, I did like that whole thing, and I definitely, I don't remember a lot about the animated series, but I do remember I watched that regularly. I think it was one uh, of those things that I watched when it was on, but I wasn't particularly uh, into. Yeah, I don't have like a strong connection with it. The only thing I really have a strong connection with, and we got this in some of our comments on our uh, uh, Facebook post, is that uh, the song at the end. Where, oh uh, yeah, yeah. This is movie introduced a generation to the. The works of Harry Belafonte. <laughs> the Which, Calypso stylings of Mr. Harry Belafonte, who is also something. here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Harry, Tim, thanks for joining us. <laughs> I'm trying to find our, my, our post. I deleted it. I went ahead and deleted it. No, I didn't. Oh, okay. I was like, just geez. giant dick move. <laughs> 
We got uh, Eric on Facebook remembered that Beetlejuice was a snazzy dresser. I agree with that. I think he was vertical stripes, slimming, <laughs> definitely slimming. He also, I think, stole. Although I think in his first iteration, he just shows up in a trench coat and a little like gross shirt. I think he's really well identified with that slimming yeah. suit that he wears. Is that only the one? I guess we'll find out. Is that only the one time? Like, I think, I think he wears it at the end, but I don't. Th- I think he wears different outfits throughout. Yeah. There's a huge wardrobe in the afterlife, apparently. Yeah. He can do what he wants. I mean, he can turn his face into snakes. Of course, he can have a different suit. And there's the thing, which I think was touched on a lot more in the, uh, the animated series, where he's afraid of sandworms. Like, sandworms are a big, like, that's his enemy or something. Well, I think he hates them in this. I think everyone yeah. hates them. They're right. not good. It's not just things. him, though. It's not like he has a fear of sandworms. Right. In this. Just like you and I both share a fear of ravenous wolves, too. Right. Yes. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I'm coming down strong against being eaten by wolves. Yeah. Um, Take a stand for once in your life. I remember liking it. I think I do remember just going along with it as a kid because I think a lot of the jokes went over my head. There's a lot of sexual jokes in it. Um, yeah. Like t- from Beetlejuice, you mean? or like Yeah, from Beetlejuice. And uh, there's a lot of jokes about yuppies, which I wouldn't have picked up on as a kid. Um, oh, yeah. In that the Dietzes, the people who move in, are, are yuppies. Yeah, and they've got Otho. The, Otho, uh, coded gay. Yeah. My favorite type of character, the coded gay character. <laughs> David says, just happy to be included. <laughs> Thanks for being here, gays. <laughs> Thanks for remembering we exist. 1980s cinema. Uh, um, Jordan, yeah. Jordan uh, just felt like uh, she was obsessed when she was younger. That's nice. Uh, and then we got AJ remembered. Uh, the Shake Shake Senora. Senora. Mm-hmm. Senora? Senora. Senora, I think, is what he says in the Yeah, thing. it's not how you say it, though, is it? I just hey, realized don't that. question <laughs> Mr. Belafonte. Uh, uh, your brother asked yes. if we can discuss how this nonconformist movie is actually about the joys of conforming. That's all Tim Burton movies, though, honestly. And we'll talk about that. I was wanting to talk about that after this. I've thing. never really thought about the layers of this movie. I'll be... Uh, be watching more intently for the themes. My friend Dan said we have to talk about uh, Michael Keaton's voice and the Zagnut. I will say placement. that. <laughs> is that, that is when he's true. a fly or something? Oh uh, no, he, a... he eats a fly That's right. and he lures a fly in with a Zagnut bar. Yeah. Oh, I will yeah. say as a kid I remember having I don't think I was ever told. I think I finally like watching it like because this was on VHS that we pulled off of HBO. Right. Um illegally, sorry. Realizing HBO. that seeing Michael Keaton's name in the credits and realizing, like, Batman plays Beetlejuice? Like, I had, oh, I like never after? put those together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess I don't, I don't remember, like, some, uh, any, I think I probably saw it on, you know, my cousin's HBO or something, too, because I don't remember theater, this being in the theater at all, but we were pretty young. We were, yeah, like, Yeah, I don't six, remember if I saw it five on theater or something when this came out, because it was, like, 88, yeah. I think. So, I think so. Before Batman. Yes, it is yeah. the, the, his movie before Batman that proved. Look at this. You give me see this motion I'm making. I can make money for you, and they're yeah. like, "Here you go." Just to let everybody know, Dame is making the classic money motion with three his hand. fingers. You can hear it. It sounds thumb. like <laughs> classic. That's good audio right there. <laughs> People uh, are gonna love that. Uh, Jason also wanted me to mention the uh, not your brother, different Jason, uh, mm-hmm. the shrinking head guy gag at the end. Uh, yeah, that's right. When he like sasses, he switches the number out. I actually remember most of this movie. It turns out, <laughs> turns uh, out you are the main screenwriter of this movie. Uh, well, I was ghost. I ghost wrote it. 
you and Carrie Fisher got together and right. ghostwrote this. <laughs> she punched it up. <laughs> I ghostwrote, she punched. Yeah, that's okay. Carrie Fisher for you. Um, so we're going to watch this movie and see uh, if we remember accurately. I think we do this time for the most part. We'll get we'll catch some stuff, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to take a quick break here and you can pause the podcast and watch it with us. I mean, not literally, but... You know, no, but I mean, you don't come over like here. There. Please don't come. We here. are busy. We got Chipotle waiting. We got a lot of. We stuff. don't have any Chipotle for you. Yeah, we have Chipotle, but not enough for all. Not of nearly. Time. I mean, I could probably split mine, but I, I, I don't want to. I mean, you could have a bite. I had planned that up. to be my dinner. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we'll be back in a few minutes. Just watch Beetlejuice, the Tim Burton directed Michael Keaton starring Gina Davis, Alec Baldwin co-starring Winona Ryder. I would say starring Catherine O'Hara, starring Catherine O'Hara. Let's be honest. Oh, I love her. Love it goes. Her. It goes. Catherine O'Hara, Michael Keaton, and the rest. Then Dick Cavett. I think we can all Dick agree Cavett, on that. A little Cavett cameo. Uh, Bob Goulet. Whoever, yeah, a little Bob Goulet, a little Otho, the guy's name who played Otho. Oh, no, Otho. I already forgot it. He's dead. Glenn passed Danzig. Away. Glenn. He's passed away. Glenn something. Uh, the guy from Ferris Bueller, Jeffrey Jones? Yeah, child noted child pornographer Jeffrey Jones. Goop. And then, of course, uh, the star of the Shadow trilogy, Alec Baldwin trilogy they went on to make two more of those right because they were so successful it was so good and then of course still starring in commander-in-chief gina davis gina davis this is prime gina gershon's sister this is a lot <laughs> is that how <laughs> names work in Sammy the western davis hemisphere Jr.'s, uh niece actually yeah this is a. Uh, we were talking as we as we were watching and this is prime real estate of a lot of these people's career like this is like peak Davis. Peak. Well, I don't know. Is this? I feel it's like not like like Apex necessarily, but it's like the good when they were most fuckable. Like Alec Baldwin yeah, is most this is, fuckable. Is that what we're getting a, at? A very attractive both Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis. Yeah, and uh, you know, in a teen way, one owner writer. Like right, uh, if you were a, if you were a teenage yeah. boy who you know didn't have any friends, she her goth like classic goth girl. In this, like, yeah, sort of parodying the whole thing. Do you want to uh, walk us through it? I mean, well, I just wanted to say before we I'm moved really on from that. the fuckability of the stars. Yeah, we can go back to that because I think personally, I think that stars are there for us to fantasize about, and they should never be unattractive. They're not humans. They're, they're not people. They're pretty much our sexual fantasy slaves. Yeah. I like to call mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Um, Alec Baldwin was legally required. I th- think we talked about this. He was legally required to gain a hundred pounds <laughs> because his sexual charisma was too much. You <laughs> got. Can you get some jowls going? Because you are too hot. Yeah. We have straight men over here just openly masturbating in the I will streets. say in, uh, I think not so much lately, but in 30 Rock years, mm-hmm. still a handsome guy. No, he's Even, still handsome, yeah. and he's got a, a, a sexiness that yeah. um, overwhelms. <laughs> That's can, not the word I'm looking for. You can for. have a talking like this. <laughs> <laughs> that his uh, rotundity in those. And he started to lose weight near the end. 
Because he got a younger wife, and she was like, "You're gonna have to do some running or something." In the show, in the in the in the life, in the reality, in the life, (laughs) in reality, he had. You mean towards the end Mm -hmm. of. Of the run of Thirty the Rock, past. the okay. last, <laughs> okay, the last now. season of Thirty Rock, you will notice he's like fifty pounds lighter. Yeah, You're like hey, Alec Baldwin, hey, hey, getting back to your life, still in business, form. still cooking up there. Uh, <laughs> uh, you want me to go over the plot? Yeah, let's. Is that a? That was a train. I thought that was a. I uh, thought we, it was like, oh, we left the phone off. I, the uh, an old timey <laughs> phone operator. Operator, hello. hello. We're recording a podcast. Yeah, let's let's go through. Previously, uh, you would have to call up the operator to record your podcasts, and she would then send you the right. reel in the yes. mail, and, and then to, you would mail that to all your followers. You'd have to get a dat tape mm-hmm. of the recording, and then okay. So let's go through the plot. <laughs> uh, since I'm terrible at that, I'm going to throw that over to you. Uh, okay, so this is a movie called Beetlejuice. It was directed by Tim Burton. Say it only once. Um, so uh, Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin play the Maitlands, which is a very young, childless, important mm. couple. Not that important, but therefore worthless. They do make a weird point of pointing out how they're childless. It sort of comes into play later, though, when they're like right. It somewhat explains their attraction. Not attraction. Not well. Not sexual attraction. It's still an no, attraction, right? But yeah, their their interest in Lydia. Not Don't say about- interest. <laughs> they're not like going to attack her. Stop turning everything into sexual. And <laughs> Why you can can't say I choose a word that's not sexually let's charged? They, let's just say they want to fuck. No, that's not <laughs> no, right. Either. That's still no. it's still got a tinge of sexuality. Yeah, something to it. in there about that. Um, so what? So they're in a small town in Connecticut. Yes, and they have a friend. Um, who who keeps coming over and talking about how yeah. she wants to sell their house family or is that just like a metaphorical thing? I don't know if it's metaphorical yeah. it's never really explained anyway, she does but, have a, a comedic moment even though she's kind of she an annoying character she is an, well she's comedically annoying yes but she yeah. keeps sending pictures of her house to people in New York who want to buy it for so much money yeah. and saying that it's really a big house it really should be for a family and then we see Gina Davis look down at the ground sad, sad. Um, like the, clearly they wanted to have children and couldn't right, for some reason. Yeah. For some reason. But I guess she's not barren, which is an outdated term. She's not barren. unable to have children. Well, now, why do you think that went out of style? It doesn't seem to be she's loaded not at all. a complete shell of a human being. Um, she, uh... Barren. <laughs> Let's um, just say her because earth they do, hasn't been they do make a joke. They do make a joke that they're going to try again over their yeah. little vacation. So she's on vacation sex. with her husband, Alec Baldwin. Um, they're running out of the house real quick to go get some supplies for something. something up at the Alec Baldwin store. is a model store guy. He has a whole model of the whole town that they live in mm-hmm. up in the attic. Um, and they run out to the hardware store to pick something up, which I assume he owns the hardware yeah, store. Yeah, in Maitland Hardware. Um, and while they're coming back, first off, I do want to point out, even though it's not important to the plot at all, we see my favorite character in the entire film, which is an old barber. barber who sits, who's, I guess, shares the building with the, the hardware store, and he's just talking. He thinks Alec Baldwin is standing there the whole time, so he's just talking thoroughly to himself. Um, his as hair. if he's having a good... Yeah, hair down to his goddamn shoulders. shoulders. He, he says, as a he question. says to me, just trim it a little. So um, I took those scissors and I oh, jabbed it in its throat. <laughs> uh, 
So anyway, when they're on the way back, they uh, avoid to avoid hitting a dog and actually crash through the wall of a covered bridge. The dog. Let's die. be clear. The dog murders them. The dog is a murderer. It's a shame we can't put dogs on trial it, anymore. It's like their car is hanging. Uh, they swerve to miss the dog and they bust through the covered bridge. And it's ha- and being it's held up precariously, by a board. hanging by a board. And then the dog, the dog is, is standing on the counterweighting the board by sitting on the end. Dogs and, surprisingly weigh the same amount as hatchbacks as a, as a car. Yeah, and then they look at it. Saying, you know, pleadingly, hey, dog, don't murder us. And then it... Probably startling the dog more than anything. Casually walks off. walks off like... Like walk like a like the rock walking away from an explosion. Like <laughs> fuck off. And there's like a glint of red in his eyes. And then they they flip and they flip upside down into the river to drown mm-hmm. a slow, 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 terrible death. And then the dog peeks over the edge. Tail wagon to tail take, wagon to take in its his destruction. Glory. <laughs> Anyway, survey and then it, the damage. Sorry, go it ahead. cuts to a scene. Cut, cut scene. That's a term. Cut scene to uh, the Maitlands arriving at their home. They're soaking wet. Yeah. Um, and they realize that there's a fire on. They realize there's a book called the Handbook for the Recently Deceased, mm-hmm. uh, which has a funny musical gag where uh, Alec Baldwin misreads it and says, oh, "Yeah, Handbook the, for the Recently Deceased." deceased. Deceased. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, they did cue the music really well there. Um, Danny Elfman. Thank you. Danny Elfman, also known as like in Tim Burton's left arm. Yes. Um, They're a good team. So they slowly realize they are dead. Yeah. Um, They realize they can't leave the house. If they leave the house, they end up on Saturn. I think it's explicitly said that you you end up on Saturn where there are. Somehow Saturn is sandy. uh, Sandworms and uh, the sandworms will eat you or. It's sort of a way of explaining why they can't leave the house. Because if they step out, they actually are transported somewhere else. Right. Um, So they wake up to find out that that New York family that was hinted at earlier Mm -hmm. has bought the house and is moving in. And they're fucking yuppies, man. Jeffrey Jones. Or at least Jeffrey Jones seems normal. And he looks like, almost like he's been mandated to relax. I got the feeling at first, like he didn't necessarily want to leave the city. But Bob Goulet, his boss, told him. You have to get out go of here relax. and come re- go relax. Yeah. He has a very goth girl uh, child. Girl child? Girl ch- <laughs> if only there were some other word. <laughs> no, I think no, that's girl it. You child. covered it. Um, Just in case uh, you don't recognize all these actors' names, uh, Jeffrey Jones is the principal. Principal and, Rooney. Principal Rooney from, from Ferris, Ferris Bueller. Bueller. Of a noted uh, child pornography child pornographer. Thing. Got in trouble for that. That was in the 90s, right? The, I think that was in the 2000s. Oh, was it that recently? Yeah. I thought it was like the late nineties, but uh, yeah. So and then uh, Catherine O'Hara plays his wife and the stepmother yeah. to his girl child, um, <laughs> human girl child, goth child, guile. And she is an artist, and she's sort of a I was going to say new agey, but no, she's sort of very uh, yuppie-ish, I guess. She's the you know Catherine O'Hara's the, from uh, the Christopher Guest movies, from mm-hmm. the mom from Home Alone. Yes, and she is amazing. Noted horrible parent in movies. Yes, constantly forget either forgetting children or just being general. It's generally like, horrible. As a kid, I recognize her from this and uh, from Home Alone. But as an adult, I didn't even like connect those dots until way after is reasonable that that was the same person as was in all the great Christopher Guest movies. Yes, I'm like yeah, I just you know didn't. Really and she connect. is she is a tour de force in this movie. She's probably my favorite. Even though I mean Beetlejuice is great, but she is yeah underrated. She's I guess. really amazing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, sorry. No, no, no need to apologize. Feel free to riff. Yeah. Um, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just let you keep recapping and not talking. And it's really the uh, the yuppiness that they don't. 
<laughs> don't roll your eyes at me. I'm, pre- I'm making faces. At that uh, the the Maitlands don't like. They're they're yeah. very uh, sort of country people. Not country yes. people. Maitland. What's the word I'm looking for? Small town people. Yeah, they're maybe. They're, they're simple folk. Um, and they don't like the yuppies, and they want to get them out of their house, and they don't really want, know what to do because the Maitland or because the Dietzes, the new family, can't see them, right. and the Dietzes have brought in. Coded as gay. Otho. Otho, Otho Fenlock was his last name. Fenlock. Yeah. Wow. They're interior he, decorator. Right. He yeah. is uh, a very gay. Yeah. Not very gay, but he is gay. Yes. I think of him as like uh, B-52's gay. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Like and he wouldn't be out of place standing right next to Fred Schneider. Right. <laughs> He's got a pompadour, for example. Make this He's got ball a ball ball tie. Yeah. And uh, he doesn't he is, talk like Fred Schneider, though, for the record. He is a snappy dresser. He talks like this a little bit. Oh, I wouldn't be caught. He's a bit southern like, gay. He's a yeah. bit southern gay. Yeah. That's close. That's getting close. That's pretty good. Um, blue, <laughs> what does he say? Oh, I can't remember. I don't know what you're talking I about. I was the paint things when he was doing oh, yeah. the paint. Edit uh, this out. Viridian. Viridian. Blue-green. Yeah. And he spray paints it on. He says something like, I used to be, or I used to do hair color, and then he's like, for a time. And, yeah. Which I didn't understand quite, but he's And funny. he also references that he is into the paranormal. Yes. So yeah. we're we're getting a little foreshadowing, maybe. A little, little character. Little foreshad. little, little uh, depth of character there. Yeah. Um, Flesh it out. Anyway, so uh, the Dietzes don't want, the, or the, oh, the fuck, Maitlands. the Maitlands yeah. don't want the Dietzes in their house. Right. Because um, they're dicks. They're changing everything. And the handbook for the recently deceased reads like stereo instructions. That's one of the running jokes is that yeah. it's so convoluted and weird, or not weird, but it's just very uh, dry yeah. reading. And they can't and so, really make heads or tails of it. Right. Yeah. But they do figure out a way that they can get some help by knocking on a door. They can draw a door with chalk on mm-hmm. their wall. And knock on it three times, and they get to go see, they get to go to the bureaucratic offices of the afterlife, I guess. And that's a fun scene, a very Tim Burton-ish scene, where they see all these people, and everyone looks the way they looked when they die. There's a guy who has a little bib on, a little chicken bib on, and he has a a bone sticking through, not through, but you can see it jutting out of the sides of his neck. There's a guy who uh, is just completely... The guy who will come back later. The safari guy who has had his head shrunk, and then there's the guy who who's smoking and um, the woman who's cut in is half is completely who's ashen like the magician's still, assistant who's yeah. been cut in half um a lot of fun visual gags yeah. mm-hmm. um the receptionist who had committed suicide. Miss Argentina, who had yes. slit her wrists. Um, eventually, they get to see Juno, their caseworker, who yes. is played by... I can't. I don't know, remember her name, but she's also in a lot of Tim Burton films. Yeah. She played the grandma on Mars Attacks. She was great. Yeah. Um, she plays Juno, and she uh, advises them not to talk to this guy named Beetlejuice, no matter what Beetlejuice. you do. He's a bio-exorcist. He used to be her assistant, and then it was too crazy and went out on right. his own. So it's not really clear. It doesn't really need to be, but it's not really clear like how all that works. But he he's like trying to find work at one point, and he does that by right. opening the obituary, which is funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we get in the feeling that this guy is trouble, and and uh, you're not news. even supposed to say his name. Yeah. Uh, and he's apparently living in the cemetery in the model that uh, Alec Baldwin's character is yes. built. Yeah. Um, and then Where after, am I going from here? <laughs> so they're trying to. So basically, the that person's like uh, Juno's like don't don't call Beetlejuice and uh, just scare them, get them to leave on your own. You can right. do it. Practice, you'll get better. And then uh, oh, they take to wearing sheets. 
They yeah, put on so they, sheets. They put on sheets. Um, and, and try and scare them, but no one is scared. That's a really funny scene where they come into Catherine, Catherine Harris' thing, where she has wrestling on, but she's yeah. passed out on her bed. And they go, ooh, like really classic ghost. And at one point, she she raises up without yeah. opening her eyes. Her makeup is all smeared on one side, and she turns <laughs> off the TV and goes right back to sleep. Uh, Lydia, Winona Ryder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Winona Ryder's character comes out thinking her parents are doing some weird sexual stuff uh, and starts taking pictures of them and realizes that in the pictures no one has any feet Whoa. and she realizes that these people are dead yep. and that's when they realize that only lydia can see she them can see because them. she's so strange and unusual so. i myself am strange and unusual which is our friend jordan's quote that she right which is a great line because it is very uh angsty where she looks down to the ground hoping that someone will say something and when they don't say anything she like picks back up sort of forlorn that no one commented on it um it's a very good job of being like because like it's a very good uh it's clearly sort of poking fun at that the whole like Right. goth teen thing but also sort of i mean not to get too into it but like sort of respecting it too because it's like she's just a kid, right you know she's just like lydia would definitely be i feel like the character that tim burton would most identify yeah with. maybe absolutely. that's judging him but that's just my assumption yeah um she sort of plays the role of the outsider that always seems to crop up in yes tim yeah. burton movies but she's sympathetic she's a she becomes friends with the maitland mm. and, and uh understands like what they're why they're trying to get rid of her family but eventually the maitlands do cave and decide they're sort of at their wits end the sheets didn't work so they yeah. decide to call say beetlejuice. call beetlejuice which you can call by saying his name three times beetlejuice which is actually b-e-t-e-l-g-e-u-s-e named after the star uh, the star uh uh-huh. orion's left shoulder i thought it was in his belt no it's his oh, left okay. shoulder left not his life. And it is spelled that Our way left. in the movie. Like it anything is. you yeah. see documented, that's pronounced. why no one can say it. Yeah. But it's, the movie is spelled as the compound word Beetlejuice. Right. Yeah. Um, probably a marketer's decision. Like you can't put the. You can't no, do that. You no. You cannot put Beetlejuice. We're not putting Beetlejuice. There is a rule, an unwritten rule in movie marketing that you cannot have the letter combination G E U. That's just a rule. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually they cave they we meet Judel, uh, judy judy beast <laughs> you and- know judy beast and he's a very manic crazy con artist very handsy with yes. the gina davis yeah. with the um, gina davis and uh, Hansy with Alan Baldwin as well. Yeah, that's true. But uh, he he, like he's very movie. manic. He's very uh, loud. He's somewhat terrifying. He looks disgusting. He looks like kind of looks like the Joker, like Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah, he does kind of. Uh, yeah. He's got the crusty mouth. He's got uh, just like mold all over him. He's got this shock hair. Um, yeah. I saw that Tim Burton told him that he should look. He should the character should feel like he's lived in every time and in no time. Oh, um, which is interesting. Uh, and so the, uh, when they say his name three times, they shrink down and go into they're the in model. the model, which is a fun little set, and it gets yeah. very Tim Burton-y in the yeah. model. And then they're uh, they have to dig for him, right? Through then, all the layers, which is also cool. It's almost like Honey, I Shrunk the Kid. You see them digging through cardboard and foam, yeah, like anything that would be in a model, right? Um, he comes out and he scares the hell out of them, and they realize this guy's he's very used, like a manic used car salesman, yeah, like, coming out and just kind of like, oh, you you know, use my services, and they're kind of like, oh, let's get out of here, and so. They decide to do uh, some haunting themselves using the power of Calypso music, yes. care of Harry Belafonte. Belafonte. So while Dietz, or uh, while, uh, I can't remember her name now, 
Delia Dietz Delia, has, yeah. uh, which is Catherine O'Hara, she has some people over, including Dick Cavett. Every teenage girl's dream, Dick Cavett. He's is so at the dreamy. Um, I, I saw his I name saw in the Otho credits. and a woman who apparently had committed suicide or, or tried to commit suicide recently. Yeah, they, and she the, kept making jokes. Uh, his, obviously not his girlfriend, his friend. No. That, that uh, kept trying to commit suicide, which is not funny at all. I hope it's not one of your sad suicide attempts. Yeah, and she just kind of looks sternly at him. You know, right, like, as she chain smokes. Um, uh, I, it was funny, I remember seeing, when when we just watched this, that Dick Cavett came up, and then I'm like, what, when is Dick Cavett in this? Right. I did not even realize that was him. As even though I've seen this movie show. several times, I always forget that Dick Cavett and Bob Goulet are in this Both movie, and it seems like yeah. a very, it's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> um... So while they're all here, um, which uh, Delia Dietz makes a comment to Lydia saying, everyone who's going to be at dinner tonight has been in Vanity Fair, except, except for, for you. <laughs> uh, so we know that these are very important people. And Delia really wants to get her art, wants to start doing her art again. And so she feels very constrained by being out in Connecticut and out in no man's land. Yeah. So uh, she's really hoping that this thing goes well. And uh, I guess what happens is that the Maitlands possess everyone at the party yeah. and make them dance to Harry Belafonte's Deo. Yeah. Um, which is great. It's a great scene. Which is a great, uh, which is probably my favorite scene in the movie. This is uh, one of those scenes where, like, just now watching it this time, I really thought about how great the performances are by the actors in that. Yeah. Because, like, it, it looks like they're being possessed. Because they're, yeah. they're, they're, like, They're kind in, of fighting against it, yeah. but kind of into it. They're into it, but then all of a sudden they'll look at their own actions, kind of, like, terrified. Right. And which, of course, is what you do if you're possessed and dancing. No matter how dancing. much fun you're having. Yeah. Dancing to Tyler Belafonte. And, of course, Lydia's off to the side just yucking it. She loves right. this. She's great. And then at one point they, uh... At the end, like a monster, their hand shrimp comes out contra- of their... cocktail turns out to be fingers, and it grabs their hands and pushes them away oh, from that the makes, table. That make, makes more sense. That's what it is. It's it was shrimp, con- yeah, it was okay. shrimp cocktail, okay. and arranged in a certain way. Everyone but, got five shrimp, which corresponds to the number of digits that oh, most people have on their hands. You don't even monsters, even monsters, yeah. So it doesn't work. So um, Alec Baldwin is sure this is going to scare them away, they, but yeah. what happens is they were having so much fun that everyone just gets more interested in the the paranormal yeah. rather than terrified of the house. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so eventually, though, they realize, they, they, I guess they start to assume, the guests start to assume that Delia and the Dietzes had tricked them to get them to come out here I guess right. or something for some reason it turns it's never really fully under I never yeah. fully get why everyone all of a sudden turns I'm like but you know you were possessed like you right. were but they're just like ah well we're leaving right leaving a huff and, and they then, call her a flake and yeah. uh which is probably true mm. <laughs> um and uh, Delia's furious, and she goes upstairs to uh, go scream at the Maitlands, or she'll drag them out by the ropes they hang themselves with. Um, and uh, it doesn't work. No one's there. They get angry. The, de- the Maitlands are gone by then. They disappear. They get scared off. Right. They're- Jeffrey Jones is so confused how they could be in the attic when it's locked. <laughs> um, yeah, and then eventually they uh, they still can't scare them, so they call Beetlejuice again. That's when the... Uh, it well, they don't call snake. Beetlejuice again since they. I guess they never put him. Once oh, okay. you remove, he I guess once out. you let him out, it's hard to get him back in. The rules are I think a little is the inconsistent problem. with it. Um, so when they're going back downstairs after having yelled at everyone, nothing in the attic, uh, the railing to the stair, the banister to the stair, turns into a snake with the head of Beetlejuice, and he throws Charles Deeds down the stairs, pushes Otho down the railing or whatever, yeah. and uh, scares the shit out of everyone. And uh, Gina Davis comes and says, Beetlejuice, 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 which makes him go away. 
Yeah. They didn't say Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice that's earlier. Okay. She said home, 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 and then right. they got big. So I think that's the rule. You call him, and you have to put him away okay. by saying Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, gotcha. Beetlejuice. And then that's why they got it's yelled at. It's hard to say. It's amazing Beetlejuice, that Beetlejuice, anyone calls him at all. Yeah. And then they, uh, yeah, now Lydia's mad at them because uh, they, should, they actually scared the crap out of them. So Lydia's mad at the Maitlands. Right. She thinks it's them. Yeah. And so... That's why are you she, doing this? So that's when she puts on her funeral long black veil and... She and, decides uh, to kill herself. She writes a More really Cavalier references to suicide. Hilariously goth uh, suicide note. Plummet right. off the bridge. Right. The winter river bridge. bridge. I am so... Terribly, utterly alone. Utterly, that's what it was. Yeah, she starts with a lot. She does go through several drafts of her yes. suicide note, which is kind of funny. Um, anyway, the Dietzes get called back by Juno, who is now currently working on uh, a case for a football team <laughs> hey, coach. who, I guess, had been in a bus crash yeah. or a plane crash. You keep calling her coach, which is She hilarious. keeps calling her, ca- ca- calling Juno coach, and she says, I'm not your coach. He survived. Um, but she's upset with the, the Maitlands that they haven't gotten rid of the Dietzes yet. Um, apparently she's invested. I don't know why they, they care yeah. either way. Um, but she wants them to well, they do something. And they, 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 she's like, I want to see what you're going to do. And they stretch their faces into these grotesqueries, which I was a little confused by because it's already been established. And in fact, Juno, Juno has made fun of them for this, is you know, trying to be scary when no one can see you. Right. Yeah, I so guess I don't understand why. I guess it's scary enough. Like it just those other things just weren't that they tried just weren't scary enough. That's the, that's what I gather from but it. But they pulled off their face in front of them. Yeah, I don't know. But whatever. It, but it was a fun time to have some slow, uh, you know, stop motion Tim Burton yeah, effects, some B movie uh, effects. Yeah. So uh, they get these very chicken esque faces from yeah. stretching out their their heads. Um, but it only is a sight gag for a little bit. Which is funny because they have a very earnest conversation about how they want to, you know, be with Lydia. Uh, with while these, these yeah. they have these grotesque chicken faces. Uh, but then they go back and Lydia's talking to Beetlejuice. He's trying to convince I her. I think at that point, that's the moment they realize, let's stop trying to scare these people out yeah. of here. We can live together with them. It'll right. be fine. We like Lydia. Mm-hmm. And then... As and we they, realize that Lydia's talked to Beetlejuice. Yeah, as they come back, um, Beetlejuice, from the model, the tiny Beetlejuice, is trying mm-hmm. to convince Lydia to say his name. And she gets him to say... Gets her to say Through his name Through a game twice. of fun charades. Yeah. Yeah, in which... <laughs> which, is, which is my favorite. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> he he gets one. her to guess beetle immediately yeah. by turning himself into a giant beetle. But then when he literally has a thing of orange juice pouring into a glass, he's just beetle, beetle orange, beetle breakfast, beetle drink. I'm like, come on. <laughs> if she's going to stumble over any of them, she was going to stumble over beetle. That's what I'm saying is she's a moron and I hate this movie. Okay. All right. Well, there you have it. And then uh, <laughs> that's that end of podcast. At this point, like uh, he has uh, the uh, Jeffrey Jones character has his boss, child over, pornographer Jeffrey Jones, has Robert Goulet, his boss, and his right. wife over to convince them to have like a paranormal they're, land. Well, they're paranormal house. fanatics. Like yes. at least yeah. Bob Goulet's wife, yes. Goulet, his wife is uh, into <laughs> is into paranormal stuff, and that's how they know they can get them down here and possibly yeah. invest in this town. Look how much louder I am than you. Yeah, we'll figure that out. <laughs> I'm looking at the f- feedback on the screen, maybe. 
Is that what that would be called? No. But look how loud I am. It's just white lines everywhere, and you're just like a little... You're just the worst. (laughs) Is this a homophobic thing? I knew it. Maybe. Um, What the fuck was I talking about? Uh, They're paranormal fanatics. Yeah. So that's how they were able to lure them there, and they're talking there, and they're trying to, you know, convince them, but they want to see the uh, Maitlands. They want to be convinced that ghosts exist. And Otho, who we should mention, has gotten his hands on the handbook for the recently deceased, finds a spell incantation he can apparently in the book read this really well where He's used to read you can it. bring people back from the dead or he th- he interprets it as bringing people back from the dead or at least giving them physical form but what it really does is we learned when we were in juno's offices is that when you are exercised as a soul you there's actually death for the dead right. and you're sent to this room and you're just a, a spirit in absolute misery for all eternity right you're just uh, floating so around. And it actually, I mean, that's something that could be made a little more clear in the yeah. movie because it's not really... It took me, I think, a few goes to realize, oh, that's what was... When that's I what see would that, that's what would happen in yeah. if that... That's why out. they showed that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. There's a reason. <laughs> um, yeah, it wasn't super clear. There must have been a cutscene where they kind of gave more Yeah, it, it wasn't absolutely clear. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they do this incantation and it brings... Uh, Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin back into physical form, but they start they start aging rapidly and start, you know, and he can't becoming stop. very wizened. He can't, wizened stop, it. He can't yeah. stop it. He doesn't have the ability. Um, so, in out of desperation, Lydia goes to Beetlejuice in the model and says, "You got to help them." And uh, he says, "You know what to do," or whatever he says. <laughs> no, he says, "You got to, uh, you got to marry me." Basically. Oh yeah, thank you. So it's very important. He needs to marry her in order to stay. And who knows if he's just making this up? Because he's like, I don't make the rules, but right. In but some he is, ways, he is a bit rapey and a bit handsy. Yeah. So, uh, so he sets that up, and basically, she lets him out. She says his name three times, lets him out, and then. He uh, turns into he does a funny uh, carnival gag where yeah. he uh, has his arms turn into you know the uh, the tests of strength yeah. hammers and uh, behind Robert Goulet and his wife Goodbye, come Goulet. up these little things you know the the test oh, what the fuck are the words yeah, when know. you hit the hammer and the bell goes ding yeah, it shows you how strong you are <laughs> that thing comes up behind them yeah. and he hits it and they go through the ceiling and I go so are they like dead I guess they're dead yeah. <laughs> Just gone. Just don't worry about that. We didn't know what else to do with those characters. Uh, (laughs) Right. Um, And uh, once he's killed them, he does, to his credit, and I think it's uh, kind of mean of the movie to not let him marry this 15-year-old girl. Yeah. He does save the Maitlands. Um, he does. Yeah, he, he holds he, up his end of the bargain. He lets them loose of their like. And then trap. what do they do? They try and stop him from marrying a child. Yeah. Nice. Rude. Nice. Rude. Um, so yeah, they're trying. I think like, we've learned while- anything from this subway debacle. I'm done. Ooh, let's already. Um, so there, there appears a little demon yeah, priest, <laughs> demon preacher. To well, uh, we don't know if he's a preacher. He just might be authorized by yeah. the state county in, of, of by the, Connecticut, by the county of Demonville dead. of Deadville. <laughs> right. He's uh, starts to kind of perform the ceremony and of. Uh, Beetlejuice uh, is really funny in this scene. Like he's uh, he's absolutely great. Um, and, but Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis try and stop him. Alec Baldwin tries to say his name, and he pulls out his teeth, and yeah. then he shrinks him and sends him into the model, where Alec Baldwin starts thinking quick 
and yeah. gets into a toy car and starts driving towards Beetlejuice. Meanwhile, Gina Davis, not to be outdone, starts saying Beetlejuice, and he throws. This is one of the ones I think that featured in the the TV spots, which actually yeah. I remember. I remember having a nightmare about it because it creeped Ooh. me out so much. The zipper mouth, the zipper mouth, and then yeah. the metal mouth. Yeah, he throw he uh, zips Gina mouths. Gina, Gina Davis's. <laughs> oh my God! Gina, Gina mouth, Davis's Gina mouth. mouth zip Davis. <laughs> um, he zips her mouth shut. She unzips it. Then he sticks a metal little plaque in front of it to stop her from talking. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Lydia tries to say his name, and he he shuts her up, and then yeah. uh, uses her voice to say, "I'm Lydia Dietz, and I'm, I'm of sound man. mind. I love that man of mine." <laughs> so, uh, so he's about to get married when Alec Baldwin crashes his toy car into Beetlejuice's foot, which is enough to distract him. Oh, and he sent Gina Beetlejuice sends Gina Davis to Saturn. Yes. She apparently off screen <laughs> wrangles one of those sandworms somehow gets and rides it into this new dimension and yeah. it eats Beetlejuice and falls through, which is one of those things if you think about it too hard, makes don't think about absolutely it. no sense, but it is kind of fun that yeah. it brings all these elements back together, and then suddenly the Dietz's, the Dietz's parents can see the Maitlands. Yeah. And then the last scene, we see Winona Ryder coming back from school at Miss Shannon's Catholic School for Girls right. in her little schoolgirl outfit. She rides back. She announces that she got a, yeah, she got a C on her science test, but she got an A on her history test? Math. Math test. Thank yeah. you. Um, and so she says, so can I'm I here do for it? the important details. <laughs> Math test, damn it. God. So uh, apparently that means that she, her prize is that she gets to be possessed by Alec Baldwin and sing uh, Shake, 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 Sonora yeah. by Harry Belafonte. Which is a great sequence. And then, it is a great sequence. And then the ghost football team comes well, and dances in the behind her. They're dancing as well. Jump and we do learn. Line. And we Rock do. your body. <laughs> okay. I believe you. We do learn that the Deets parents are still there living yeah. in the house. Uh uh, Charles Dietz gets to read his magazines in peace yep. while we learn that Delia, through some clever, you know, background work, mm. um, she has created a new piece of art that looks like Snake Beetlejuice from the, yep. the stairway scene. Uh, and we see a cover of an art magazine where she's on the cover. So she's doing pretty well. Yeah. But the interesting thing is that the house is being remodeled again to look back the way that the Maitland's Just house did rather it. than the Dietz's hyper modern hyper yuppie. Oh, we forgot Otho his oh. punishment oh, yeah. as he's trying he to He tries escape. to run away after almost killing everyone. During the Beetlejuice uh, marriage sequence, he's trying to run away, run away and then uh, Beetlejuice puts a big spotlight on him and then turns his outfit into a leisure suit. Yeah, and he powder screams. blue leisure suit and, <laughs> and he's runs away. terrified and runs away, which is hilarious because that's all that happens to him. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's just basically like death for him. So. Yes. So, and then at the end we get the little epilogue with which is Beetlejuice in the oh, yeah. uh, reception area which is a classic scene. This is the one that Jay, my friend Jason mentioned on Facebook of uh, uh, the he is sitting and he's then his number comes up or the number shows that it, the next is serving three and he's got nine million nine something. billion something yeah and then uh, he sees that the guy next to him who is the witch doctor. Uh, right has a very four. racially sensitive witch yeah. doctor and so he goes the look over here and switches the number very casually like he no. goes hey elvis yeah. king come on <laughs> and then uh he shrinks his head which is funny right uh and that's the movie that's our that is movie. essentially beetlejuice the movie we did also watch uh one episode on your special edition dvd there are you three have... episodes of the animated series Yes. On my DVD. We watched one of those. We'll 
talk about that after the movie. Let's let's focus on the movie. And sure. We'll, talk about we'll have to we'll have to do a summary of that plot as well. Yeah, which will take significantly. Less time. <laughs> um. So importantly, uh, sorry, I'm thinking about how awful that cartoon was. <laughs> Just wretched. So this the movie though. Uh, this definitely. Uh, seeing it as an adult, I appreciate the performances a lot more. It is I really I liked, everyone is on point. I loved this movie as a kid. I was a little creeped out by it, which is understandable. Even watching it now, I'm like, it's creepy. There, it's got yeah. the B movie. It's got the stop motion stuff. Um, but I definitely didn't appreciate how funny it is. It's really it like, is very funny. I, we laughed out loud, even though I mean I have a lot of this, you know, still embedded in my brain. Yeah, I laughed aloud at a lot of things. It's very funny. Everyone is. The cast is great. great. The cast is the fantastic. Cast is really Even good. Bob Goulet. He does a great job. He can't, he's fresh off of uh, Weekend at Bernie's. Is he in Weekend at Bernie's? No, no, no. He <laughs> looks like, Bernie looks like Oh, okay. He might be oh, gearing up for Naked Gun 2.5. Right. He was good in that. He yeah. was pretty good. Uh, that'd be me. I've been swimming in raw sewage. <laughs> I love it. Um, uh, so, uh, I, but, you know what I appreciate about Bob Goulet? Not to get off topic, yeah. or on topic, if you're counting... My love of Bob Goulet. I love that he was able to keep the dark hair to the very end. Yeah. It's Some people are just lucky that way. He just didn't dye it at all. That's what he did. That's what he did. Um, surely. Catherine O'Hara is a comedic genius. And She's is, fantastic. And it's great because this is, you know, I mean, it's, it's definitely a comedy, but this is one of her more like... Uh, she, you can tell is, that she's having a lot of fun with this yeah. character who is deranged. One of the, if you are a Christopher Guest fan, you probably remember in Waiting for Guffman, she keeps talking about a less is more acting. Yes. And she talks about how when you're talking to someone, you close your eyes when you're talking to them. And when you're not talking to them, you look away from them and open your eyes. And I realized she was doing that she was totally constantly yeah. in this movie. And it started to become like a little in joke for me because every time she was talking to Lydia, yeah. she would close her eyes. And when she would look away, they'd be open. <laughs> But then she would talk to her with her eyes closed. She does a and lot. I was like, of, "That is it. That is the less is more acting." She does a lot of really fun little like uh, facial things, like when uh, Lydia's embarrassing her in front of the Dick Cavett character. Like she just looks at uh, Rooney, uh, right. Like with with bulging eyes, like say you can something. tell she's trying to keep this party going, yeah. but yeah. it's just falling apart. She has a great scene when they first move into the house, um, and she's going with Otho over how she wants to yeah. change it, and Jeffrey Jones is desperate for him to leave it alone, and he finally convinces them to leave the uh, the office alone, and yeah. she goes, if you don't let me gut out this house and make it my own, I will go insane, and I will take it with me. Yeah. And she's like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> he's like, okay, why don't you leave this room alone? Yeah. And she's like, okay. Yeah. And she's uh, really hysterical. Her artwork is very Tim Burton-esque, but also ugly as sin. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, she's great. She's, she's the, uh, you know, second, str- not second string, but I mean, I mean, Michael Keaton steals the show. Yeah. But she is a delightful little treat. She is. And Michael Keaton is absolutely deserving of any accolades. This is, it's a great, it's a great character, a great part for him. And he's like it's, manic and funny yeah. and he can do, it's a very like, um, kind of Robin Williams-esque, like schizophrenic I was gonna say, actually, sort of like, like it, every all over the place sort of character. And he does, I think he just, he reminds it. me actually, it reminds me of Bugs Bunny. Is yeah, what it totally. Me it's of. very cartoonish. He's constantly changing his costumes. He's, he's constantly, constantly got a sight gag or yeah. some ridiculous thing. Yeah. Um, Kissing people that don't want to be kissed. And, yeah, uh, which is another Bugs, Bugs Bunny, Bunny standard. <laughs> yeah. um, although he doesn't get in drag, which is a Bugs Bunny standard. That's true. Um, in the sequel. In the sequel, he will. <laughs> yeah, give him a minute. Uh, 
but he does yeah, his little it, dance when he gets the, there's like a model uh yeah a juno creates a whorehouse to distract yeah. beetlejuice uh which is called by the way dante's inferno yes um yeah. and he does a little funny dance which actually reminded me of a dance that uh jack nicholson does in Batman. Oh, yeah, that's true. There's a little yeah. sidestep dance yeah. while holding onto your chest, even. Yeah. Um, Tim he does the standard. pointing. Yeah. The, yeah, it's really funny. Um, yeah, Michael Keaton is great, and I, I can't be... I mean, uh, even though Birdman was not a perfect film, in my view, yeah. I was so happy that it brought Michael Keaton back. Because I was yeah. like, where the fuck did Michael Keaton go? Although he was in... He was great in The Other Guys. I don't know if you ever saw that one. He was... Did we see that one? Yes. Yeah. That was the beginning. The, we go, saw that together. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Did what? you quote TLC? Yeah. Not familiar with the band. Yeah. Uh, I'm not I don't know what you're talking about. It's great. Um, and you a, lot, shoot. a lot smaller part. You gotta course, shoot. But. Shoot. Why would you say it twice <laughs> if you're not referencing this song? <laughs> you gotta creep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, shoot, um, shoot is someone else. So, I mean, it's, it's probably clear from us talking today that I, this holds up totally. Um, oh, yeah. This is a great movie, and uh, I... I enjoy Aside this. from the child pornography aspect of, you know, uh, Jeffrey Jones, <laughs> which, which really... I'll admit, which, you know, you, you have to be clear here that we don't experience any of that in the movie. No, Just there's the no child pornography it. in the yeah, movie, okay. aside from the fact that Beetlejuice does want to marry a child. Well, yes, that's not, that's not um, child pornography. It's, that's true. It's just statutory rape. Statutory rape. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's in the... Let's sa- be clear if there's on a, the creeping. There's a Venn diagram. It's like nearby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not, yeah. There might be some overlap on those circles. Yeah. So um, this is what... So I know most of what we watch for this program, this podcast program, is does not fall into this realm. But this is what I want, is that a movie like this where I have fond memories of it and I remember it and then I go back and watch it and I'm like, yeah, that was Good great. job. I, I don't want any of our inner childs to be, be idiots. But unfortunately, that's not how it usually works out. I'll but be honest, time, I do. I do want our inner childs to be idiots. I know you childs? enjoy the... Ch- no, childs was right. Yeah, girl right. childs. That's confirmed. All I just, of our girl childs. I just looked it up, and uh, <laughs> that is the correct pluralization. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about my brother's point that he brought up, that Tim Burton's love of... Uh, seeming love of nonconformity, but secret love of conformity. So... Yeah, tell me, tell me like about we, like how we, that applies. Uh, sort of it. in this movie, uh, we see at the end that the Dietzes um, come decide once once they're friends with the Maitlands, the house gets remodeled to look like the Maitlands again, which is confusing because the Dietzes are still you know being their Dietzy self, like she's right. still creating art. Um, still keeping creepy things around, making Beetlejuice heads, but yeah. it's almost like okay, we won. Conformity it is. We're going to have our little country home, and we've defeated the yuppies with their uh, hyper, you know, surrealist art and their, you know, f- but, uh, faux finishes all over the house. So, from a decorating standpoint, I, I guess. You're well, right. I mean, but, from I mean, an aesthetic do... standpoint, I would say that. Yeah, but I, they um, agree to share their home with them. I think I feel like it's a more about compromise than sure conforming. Sure, and I mean, also, I just want to point out the one owner writer. The last thing we see her in is. Catholic schoolgirl outfit rather than yeah, her black, you know. That's true. Looking pale and tragic, to quote Tim Curry and Clue. Yeah. Um, she so so. There's that. Yes. Um, they still get to sing Harry Belafonte, old music, right? Um, but I mean, I think this this is sort of a recurring theme in Tim Burton, or at least this era of Tim Burton movies. Like Edward Scissorhands has to go back up into his castle and be away from everyone. Like he right. he is not one for this world. He has to be up there. Um, making snow for all of us yeah uh it's just it, it, it is an interesting thing that i think 
that is uh, something I have noticed, like, as I got older, is that Tim Burton likes The Outsider. Like, also, another great example is the underrated, I will say, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, mm-hmm. in the parts that Tim Burton added to the story, uh, Willy Wonka has, like, an estranged relationship with his father, and he wants right. Charlie to, to leave his family, and in the end, they all move into the factory, and Willy Wonka gets to be part of the family now rather than being a weirdo outsider loner. He gets to be part of the family now. Okay. It's just an interesting like sub current in Tim Burton movies. Yeah. I'm trying to see like, if I like they're charming, they have this Kramer esque quality, this like, Oh, they're kooky and weird, but then they're like, but let's tone it down and work with, within society's constraints. Shall we? I can see that point. I guess, I guess I see it more as like a, uh, I mean, it is like, I don't know how much of this is intentional, like you said, but like right. I, I do think that I see it more as like a matter of compromise of being like, you know, we come at it like I am this one thing and I can't be right. anything else and being more like, oh, maybe, maybe if I meet you in the middle, right. we can sort of all get along and, you know, in, in the case of this movie, share a home sure. together with ghosts. With cool, attractive, ghosts. handsome and, ghosts. And it seems like, obviously, it's the end of the movie, so it's it's sort of like pumped up, happy ending sort right. of thing. But, you know, it seems like... And it is a comedy. like Right. Yeah. And the pieces aren't murdered. Right. Unlike Bob Goulet. Who is apparently... <laughs> who is just, apparently on the second floor, just mangled heap of bones. I, I guess he's going to start haunting the house now. <laughs> is it where they die or where they, you know, anyway. Or would he go back to his house? Like, how does that work in yeah. the bureaucracy of afterlife? Well, they got to go back to their house. They didn't die in the That's house. That's true. So he would probably go back to, con- to New York and haunt some condo. To haunt his penthouse. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So he... Uh, but, you know, they... Th- it seems like everybody, like, uh, still is expressing them individually, you know. Sure. Maybe Lydia, like, you can see, like, she's kind of moved on from the goth thing, but maybe not all the way. You know, she's still got, right. like, the dark hair and the... I mean, that's just her hair. But she doesn't shot. do the weird spikes. But she, she doesn't do the spikes. T- right. But maybe it just wasn't that day. And maybe mm-hmm. uh, also she's, you know... 14 or 15 and there's a lot of extrapolating there. Sure. I'm just saying like, I guess it's interesting in Tim Burton's overall, he's known for making these outsider characters, but then in every movie people don't join the outsider. They sort of, the outsider either has to go off and leave everyone or he has to conform in some way. So he sort of returns to this idea of the outsider constantly and returns to this idea of the outsider. Like, okay, I'll be part of society now. Or right. I have to be punished and be sent away. Um, I don't really see how you could, how you could interpret it. And, I just and, think it's interesting that he returns to it a lot. Right, yeah. Almost it's, to the point with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, he like made a definite decision to, like, right. this I'm going to make the, this person a super outsider. Right, yeah. I'd have to like watch these films with that in mind because I, I haven't like noticed that specifically. <gasps> Tim Burton month! I'm into it. I like, I like a lot of a lot of Tim Burton stuff. I do like a lot of Tim Burton. Now and especially two. this era of Tim Burton. Yeah, this is vintage. So we sort of discovered through uh, through a little bit of remembering, but mostly Wikipedia. This is like the first uh, like you you did Pee Wee's Big Adventure, right? So now I'll have some money to do a right. movie, and but not that much, right? Because this is only a fifteen. I mean, only fifty million dollars, but for a movie that's not for you know a big blockbuster. That's why it's kind of got the B movie effect, and he wanted to go for that. And uh, but that's that's also his stick is having that. Yeah, the, it, it the, fits the stop motion and and yeah. you know models and crazy. Ha- you know, it definitely aesthetics. wasn't wasn't a like a, a misfire for him or anything. Mm-hmm. It was definitely down. Down his wheelhouse. To, <laughs> down to, to his wheelhouse? That. In his wheelhouse? In it. In. You're not down it. You're in it. Well, maybe for your Here's wheelhouse. the house. The wheel. I got a lot it. of directions in my wheelhouse. <laughs> um, so, 
you know, verdict. No, my inner child is not. No, my my inner child was right on point. Right on point for this one. Uh, If you haven't seen this, you didn't watch it along with us. Like, I totally, totally great. Go check it out. We have it on DVD, so I'm I'm sure you can find it on... uh, I think I got it for cheap, too. Like, five bucks DVD. Yeah. Probably get on Amazon or something. I don't know. I don't know if it's on Netflix either, but I don't we think did is. no research for you. Um, what we did do for you, the listener, uh, this is, is we watched we one episode. So, <sighs> after the success of this movie, um, it spun off into an animated series, Beetlejuice, the animated series, I think. I think it was just called Beetlejuice. You're combining two Tim Burton projects that became animated it, series. I think that's what it's known, Beetlejuice, okay. the animated series. I don't know. Not going to check it. I don't care. Um, but I remember watching this. I don't remember like a deep love for it, but I remember watching it fairly regularly. Yeah. And If it um, was in a block of programming that I was already seated for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would watch it. And uh, I remember having like sort of like a, yeah, I like this. And yeah. uh, I was kind of excited to watch an episode of it. But I think I was conscious enough to be like, weren't they? I don't remember them being friends in the movie. Yeah, because it's it's. And the, where are the Maitlands? Where's Alec Baldwin? The animated series, yeah, the Maitlands are not in it at all, as as far as I know. And the Beetlejuice is kind of a good guy, and he and Lydia. He's just a wacky are, character. Yeah, he and Lydia. It was actually, just a misunderstanding earlier when I tried to marry you. Right. Sorry. I mean, it, he's like a good guy sidekick to Lydia. Is kind right. of the kind of the vibe, and then her parents are so, sort of in it, and then there's some a cast of wacky characters in it in the in the afterlife in the netherworld i think it's called and it was only puns it was all puns for 12 minutes it was only 12 minutes this this show that we watched and not entirely original puns the one we watched was a parody i guess um beetlejuice's sentient car doom buggy yes is missing doomy they call presumed stolen yeah and so he calls lydia to the netherworld to come look for it Mm -hmm. and he is be, he is in character as Sherlock Holmesy, right? Get it? Because he's not attractive, right? Sure. And, uh, and he's on the case. His, as soon as they say his name, Sherlock Holmesy, they go. Yeah, like, there's a lot of drum fills in the joke? background. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, and uh, you know, at one point, he, she says, "What school would accept you?" And he goes, "Elementary, my dear Lidson." He calls Lydia Lidson. Boo. Because Watson, and that is a joke directly from when Daffy Duck was doing a Sherlock, a much funnier Sherlock Holmes parody. He says, uh, uh, "Porky Pig," who is Watson, says, "What school? What detective school did you graduate, or where, yeah. what school did you learn your detective work from?" And he goes, "Elementary, my dear Watson." Uh. After he had been crushed by someone, I should mention. So imagine <laughs> Daffy Duck like crushed on the floor of a bar, and that's. Where he's saying it from, yeah. and then there was another joke that I remember that they that we both yeah, he picked did, up on. Uh, walk stole. this way, and then oh, walks away Jesus. funny, and I'm like, that is directly everything. Pilfered. yeah, anything. So that was terrible. Don't go watch that. No. My, and turns out, by the way, Doom Buggy stole himself to go to, to the fucking drive-in, and yeah. it's like if you have a sentient car. You know what? I'm not even going to argue with yeah. that. Don't watch that. Don't worry about it. You barely remembered that. I'm guaranteeing you. You're like, oh yeah, there was an animated series. Forget it again because re forget it. Don't worry about it. Not shit, worth watching. Mate. It's shit, mate. I was an idiot. Yeah. Sorry, I was an idiot for staying seated in my chair. And <laughs> I not... should have gotten up. You know what? You know what, young DJ, go do your homework <laughs> or whatever you're supposed to be doing. I think it came out on Saturday. Go play so outside. I think it was on Nickelodeon. It's raining. I don't care. Play Nintendo. 
That's outside. Probably. Outside. <laughs> Do something. Um, All right. So that's our show. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, y- if you uh, want to argue with us, you disagree with our verdict, you can email us. What the fuck is wrong with you, though? Your inner child is an idiot at gmail.com. Um, we got another great email from your friend, Jeremy. Um, thank you, Jeremy. I will respond. You, we haven't responded. We had to dig through the inbox because there was a lot. Of, not because we're getting so much feedback. You know what? <laughs> because we're getting so much feedback. <laughs> It's uh, it's because we're getting so much fan mail. Oh my god, it's it. too much fan mail. If you really do like this show and you want to help us out, the best thing that you can do is go on iTunes, rate and review the program. That will help us a lot. We can get more people listening, which means more and more good stuff happening. Uh, I'm going to keep it nebulous because I don't really know what that means for us. A goat. Here is a goat. <laughs> I got you a goat now for you and your made friends. It. Um, and you can find us on Twitter Y I C I A I. You can find Damon on Twitter at Damon Xanth X A N T H. You can find me on Twitter Andy J Phillips. And uh, what else we got? You got your website DrewfordComic.com yeah. sure. coming out every Tuesday and Thursday, right? Yeah, if I don't forget my pens like I did this Thursday. Oh, I, I forgot my pens, Ooh, Mrs. Harrison. <laughs> I uh, uh, have my music at djphillips.com. Um, what else? You can follow us on Instagram. Uh, yeah, at, you can follow us. What is that? At your That's inner your inner child. child. Um, we're on Tumblr. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got all these new things now. Your you do that because I don't know what your inner child is an idiot.tumblr.com. Um, it will eventually just redirect from your inner child is an idiot.com. Haven't quite figured out how to do that yet because you should talk to LT. She did it for me for Drewford. Yeah. I've, I followed instruct. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> if you're out there and you can help us with a redirect to DNS, yeah. maybe change an A record or something. You can make it work instead of. Anyway, um, we're on Facebook. Search inner, your inner child is an idiot. Um, that's it, right? That's all our, that's, isn't that enough? Jesus. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, if you have any ideas for other stuff you'd like to hear us cover, we got a lot of stuff, uh, coming up. And it doesn't have to be movies and TV. We would like to branch out into other media. We're going to do some video games. We're going to try some food at some point. We're going to, uh, what else are we going to do? I want to do the babysitter's club, but I have to order the books. Yeah. We got to like read some books. So that'll take, I don't know, several months to get through those. We're working our way through Watership Down. No, we're not. (laughs) I can tell you that's great. Go read it. Go read it. Moby Dick. Whoa. What were you doing as a child? It was the best of times. It was the blurst. (laughs) Not Moby Dick, but still. I know. Uh, Call me Ishmael. That's that one. Call me Pishmael. Pishmael. Stupid monkeys. Um, So that's it, right? Good episode. You know, it was a good episode. I think this great episode we're back in the saddle we're gonna be trying to do these uh episodes regularly every two weeks we'll see you soon yeah bye beetlejuice beetlejuice does it count if we collectively say it three times yeah so how does that is it one so if i start at beetlejuice no i think because based on the last scene where alec baldwin had already gotten one out like no, actually, you never got one out. I don't know. I think an individual has to say it three times. So if I say Beetlejuice, and then you say Beetlejuice, and then I We're say We're both at one. It's like a game of horse now. Okay. We're okay. both at H. But what if you say it, like, more times than that? Does that count towards putting him back away? Uh, you actually, those are rollover Beetlejuices, <laughs> and those will count towards next month. <laughs> <laughs>